0: Good morning, Sunship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles, daily reading conference call, where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today, we are reading from the Manual for Teachers. We are in uh, Section 4, What are the Characteristics of God's Teachers? And we will be reading um, paragraphs 18 through 25. Let's see, you can access an original edition by going to jcim.net, and you will see on the menu bar, it says online edition. We gather Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. where we we'll read each paragraph twice, and then we discuss. And then we also, most importantly, invite our lesson into our practice and study today. It's Lesson 341, I Can Attack But My Own Sinlessness. And it is only that which keeps me safe. And finally, we ask that you mute your phone at all times unless you're speaking by using your own mute function. So in this holy instant, I'm going to ask that you make sure you're muted. And I'm going to turn the call to Rev. Rija for morning prayer. Rev. Rija?
1: Thank you, Chris. We'll just begin by closing our eyes, if we choose to do so, and draw the awareness within we just do this for a few moments as we feel the peace that comes from letting go of our external focus and and going within becoming still and empty and open we open now to what is given us today our lesson I can attack but my own sinlessness and it is only that which keeps me safe unquote you know sinlessness is one of God's gifts to me it is who I am and who my brothers are when I remember this there can be no attack for who would attack himself in remembering my sinlessness I open to what cannot be harmed and thus cannot harm I open to what is eternal and immortal and inviolate that is my safety and it is shared by all living things our prayer today in our lesson quote father your son is holy I am He on whom you smile in love and tenderness, so deep and dear, and still the universe smiles back on you and shares your holiness. How pure, how safe, how sacred then are we, abiding in your smile with all your love bestowed upon us, living one with you in brotherhood and fatherhood, complete in sinlessness so perfect that the Lord of sinlessness sees us as His Son, a universe of thought completing Him. Let us not then attack our sinlessness, for it contains the Word of God to us, and in its kind reflection we are saved. And so it is. Amen.
2: Amen. Very thank very you, well. Reverend
3: Raja. Thank you. Thank you so much.
4: All right, so
0: has anyone joined the call that would love to get on the reading list or say good morning? Good morning,
5: it's Josie. I can probably read.
6: Hi, Josie. Hello. Uh, good morning, it's Mary. I can read.
5: Great, thank you, Mary.
0: Anyone else? All right, so listening we have Bryce, Paula, and Stephen And then in order we'll go Lee, Reverend Regia, Carl, Fran, Josie, and Mary. eighteen. Generosity. The term generosity has a special meaning to the teacher of God. It is not the usual meaning of the word. In fact, it has it is a meaning that must be learned and learned very carefully. Like all other attributes of God's teachers, this one rests ultimately on trust, for without trust there No one can be generous in the true sense. To the world, generosity means giving away in the sense of giving up. To the teachers of God, it means giving away in order to keep. And this has been emphasized throughout the text and workbook, but it is perhaps more alien to the thinking of the world than any other ideas in our curriculum. Its greater strangeness lies merely... In the obviousness of its reversal of the world's thinking, in the clearest way possible, and at all the simplest levels, the word means the exact opposite to the teachers of the God teachers of God and to the world. Lee, 18 and 19, please.
2: Generosity. The term "generosity" has special meaning to the teacher of God. It is not the usual meaning of the word. In fact, it is a meaning that must be learned and learned very carefully. Like all the other attributes of God's teachers, this one rests ultimately on trust. For without trust, no one can be generous in the true sense. To the world, generosity means giving away. In the sense of giving up, To the teachers of God, it means giving away in order to keep. This has been emphasized throughout the text and the workbook, but it is perhaps more alien to the thinking of the world than many other ideas in our curriculum. Its greater strangeness lies merely in the obviousness of its reversal of the world's thinking. In the clearest way possible and at the simplest of levels, the word means the exact opposite to the teachers of God and to the world. 19. The teacher of God is generous out of self-interest. This does not refer, however, to the self the world speaks of. The teacher of God does not want anything he cannot give away. Because he realizes it would be valueless to him by definition. What would he want it for? He could only lose because of it. He could not gain. Therefore he does not seek what only he could keep, because that is a guarantee of loss. He does not want to suffer. Why should he insure himself pain? but he does want to keep for himself all things that are of God and therefore for his Son. These are the things that belong to him. These he can give away in true generosity, protecting them forever for himself.
0: Thank you, Lee. Reverend region 19 and 20, please. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, 19. The Teacher of God is... Generous out of self-interest this does not refer however to the self the world speaks of The teacher of God does not want anything He cannot give away because he realizes it would be valueless to him by definition What would he want it for? He could only lose because of it. He could not gain Therefore he does not seek what only he could keep because that is a guarantee of loss He does not want to suffer. Why should he ensure himself pain? But he does want to keep for himself all things that are of God, and therefore for his Son. These are the things that belong to him. These he can give away in true generosity, protecting them forever for himself. Patience. 20. Those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait, and wait without anxiety. Patience is natural to the teacher of God. Patience is natural to the teacher of God. All he sees is certain outcome, at a time perhaps unknown as yet, but not in doubt. The time will be as right as is the answer. And this is true for everything that happens now or in the future. The past as well held no mistakes nothing that did not serve to benefit the world as well as him to whom it seemed to happen perhaps it was not understood at the time even so the teacher of god is willing to reconsider all his past decisions if they are causing pain to anyone patience is natural to those who trust sure of the ultimate interpretation of all things in time no outcome already seen or yet to come can cause them fear
0: Thank you, Reverend Regia. Carl, 20 and 21, please.
7: Those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait, and wait without anxiety. Patience is natural to the teacher of God. All he sees is a certain outcome, at a time perhaps unknown as yet, but not in doubt. The time will be as right as is the answer. And this is true for everything that happens now or in the future. The past, as well, held no mistakes, nothing that did not serve to benefit the world as well as him to whom it seemed to happen. Perhaps it was not understood at the time. Even so, the teacher of God is willing to reconsider all his past decisions if they are causing pain to anyone. Patience is natural to those who trust. Sure of the ultimate interpretation of all things in time, no outcome already seen or yet to come can cause them fear. Faithfulness, 21. The extent of the teacher of God's faithfulness is the measure of his advancement in the curriculum. Does he still select some aspects of his life to bring to his learning while keeping others apart? If so, his advancement is limited and his trust not yet firmly established. Faithfulness is the teacher of God's trust in the word of God. One second, please. Let me go back and start over here on that sentence. If so, his advancement is limited and trust not yet firmly established. Faithfulness is the teacher of of God's trust and the word of God to set all things right. Not some, but all. Generally, his faithfulness begins by resting on just some problems, remaining carefully limited for a time. To give up all problems to one answer is to reverse the thinking of the world entirely. And that alone is faithfulness. Nothing but that really deserves the name. Yet each degree, however small, is worth achieving. Readiness, as the text notes, is not mastery.
0: Hmm. Thank you, Carl. Uh, for, sorry, right, Fran, 21 and 22, please. Faithfulness, 21. The extent of the future of God's
4: faithfulness is the measure of his advancement in the curriculum. Does he still select some aspects of his life to bring to his learning while keeping others apart? If so, his advancement is limited and his trust not yet firmly established. Faithfulness is the teacher of God's trust in the word of God to set all things right. Not some, but all. Generally, His faithfulness begins by resting on just some problems, remaining carefully limited for a time. To give up all problems to one answer is to reverse the thinking of the world entirely. And that alone is faithfulness. Nothing but that really deserves the name. Yet each decree, however small, is worth achieving. Readiness, as the text notes, is not mastery. 22. True faithfulness, however, does not deviate. Being consistent, it is wholly honest. Being unswerving, it is full of trust. Being based on fearlessness, it is gentle. Being certain, it is joyous. And being confident, it is tolerant. Defenselessness attends bits naturally, and joy is this condition. Faithfulness, then, combines in itself the other attributes of God's teachers. It implies acceptance of the Word of God and His definition of His Son. It is to them that faithfulness in the true sense is always directed. Toward them it looks, seeking until it finds, and having found, it rests in quiet certainty on that alone to which all faithfulness is due.
0: Thank you, Fran. Josie, 22 and 23, please.
5: 22. True faithfulness, however, does not deviate. Being consistent, it is wholly honest. Being unswerving, it is full of trust. Being based on fearlessness, it is gentle. Being certain, it is joyous. Being certain, it is joyous. And being confident, it is tolerant. Defenselessness attends it naturally. And joy is its condition. Faithfulness then combines in itself the other attributes of God's teachers. It implies acceptance of the word of God and his definition of his son. It is to them that faithfulness in the true sense Is always directed toward them, it looks, seeking until it finds, and having found it, rests in quiet certainty on that alone to which all faithfulness is due. Open-mindedness. The centrality of open-mindedness, perhaps the last of the attributes the teacher of God acquires, is easily understood when its relation to forgiveness is recognized. Open-mindedness comes with lack of judgment as judgment shuts the mind against God's teacher so open-mindedness invites him to come in as condemnation judges the son of God as evil so open-mindedness permits him to be judged by the voice of God on his behalf. As the projection of guilt upon him would send him to hell, so open-mindedness lets Christ's image be projected on him. Only the open-minded can be at peace, for they alone see reason for it. Thank you, Josie.
1: Is anybody- I can't hear Chris.
7: I think we lost her.
0: Uh-oh. Oh.
7: Yeah. Sorry, I have to call you- back
0: in. <laughs> No, my fault, my bad. Um, so All right. So do we right. have a reader who's joined the call that would like to read 23 and 24? I'll do that. Me, I, oh. whoops. Okay, so Stephen, 23 and 24, and then Ada, you can do 24 and 25. Okay, thank
3: you. The centrality of open-mindedness, perhaps the last of the attributes of the teacher of God re- acquires, is easily understood when its relation to forgiveness is recognized. Open-mindedness comes with lack of judgment. As judgment shuts the mind against God's teacher, so open-mindedness that's invites him to come in. As condemnation judges the Son of God as evil, so open-mindedness permits him to be judged by the voice of God on his behalf. As the projection of guilt upon him would send him to hell, so open-mindedness let Christ's image be projected on him. Only the open-minded can be at peace, for they alone see reason for it. 24. How do the open-minded forgive? They have let go of all the things that would prevent forgiveness. They have in truth abandoned the world and let it be restored to them in newness and in joy so glorious They could never have conceived of such a change. Nothing is now as it was formerly. Nothing but sparkles now, which seemed dull and lifeless before. And above all, are all things welcoming, for threat is gone. No clouds remain to hinder the face of Christ. Now is the goal achieved. Forgiveness is the final goal of the curriculum. It paves the way for what goes from what goes far beyond all learning. The curriculum makes no effort to extend its legitimate goal. Forgiveness is its single aim at which all learning ultimately converges. It is indeed enough.
0: Thank you, Stephen. Ida, twenty four and twenty five, please. Twenty four. <laughs>
8: How do the open-minded forgive? They have let go all things that would prevent forgiveness. They have, in truth, abandoned the world and let it be restored to them in newness and in joy. So glorious, they could never have conceived of such a change. Nothing is now as it was formerly. Nothing but sparkles now which seemed so dull and lifeless before and above all are all things welcoming for threat is gone no clouds remain to hide the face of Christ now is the goal achieved forgiveness is the final goal of the curriculum it paves the way for what goes far beyond all learning The curriculum makes no effort to exceed its legitimate goal. Forgiveness is its single aim at which all learning ultimately converges. It is indeed enough. (coughs) 25. You may have noticed that the list of attributes of God's teachers does not include those things which are the son of God's inheritance terms like love sinlessness perfection knowledge and eternal truth do not appear in this context they would be most inappropriate here what god has given is so far beyond our curriculum that learning but disappears in its presence yet while its presence is obscured the focus properly belongs on the curriculum it is the function of God's teachers to bring true. It is the function of God's teachers to bring true learning to the world. Properly speaking, it is unlearning that they bring, for that is quote true learning unquote in the world. It is given to the teachers of God to bring the glad tidings of complete forgiveness to the world. Blessed indeed are they for they are the bringers of salvation.
0: Thank you, Ida. Mary, forgive me. Mary, did you read?
6: It, no problem. Just I'm sorry.
0: With... Would you please read 25?
6: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You may have noticed that the list of attributes of God's teachers does not include those things which are the son of God's inheritance. Terms like love, sinlessness, perfection, knowledge, and eternal truth do not appear in this context. They would be most inappropriate here. What God has given is so far beyond our curriculum that learning but disappears in its presence. Yet, while its presence is obscured, the focus properly belongs on the curriculum. It is the function of God's teachers to bring true learning to the world. Properly speaking, it is on learning that they bring, for that is, quote, true learning in the world. It is given to the teachers of God to bring the glad tidings of complete forgiveness to the world. Blessed indeed are they, for they are the bringers of salvation.
0: Thank you, Mary. Blessed indeed are they, for they are bringers of salvation. Amen. All right, my fellow unlearners, we're going to open the floor. I just want to remind everyone. I think we have about 17 people on the call, and so that we can leave space for everyone to share, just to be comfortable with the silence. I know it can get a little awkward, um, and that allows people to come forth and bring their ideas as well. I'm opening up the floor. I'm complete.
8: Well, hi. Can everyone hear me? Sure can. Okay. Well, I'll just say that this list of the attributes of God's teachers is so clear and so beautiful. I love this list. and I haven't seen it for a while. And the fact that he goes on to sort of guess our second thought, which is at the end which the things that the list does not include because they are with everyone of the Son of God already, whether they are God's, you know, whether they are one of the teachers of God or not, is wonderful too. You know, I would expect nothing less from from Jesus. And I, I you know, love the fact that he says that what God has given us so far beyond the curriculum, level. I could try to imagine what that is, and I've heard different things over the years, but or that's fun. But the fact that it's so disciplined, it does not go beyond this curriculum as, uh, of teaching us forgiveness. Um, unlearning the things we need to unlearn to have forgiveness. Thank you. Thank you. I'm complete.
2: Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Good morning, guys. It's Lee. I'm, I'm really having fun with these characteristics today. And um, I'm happy to say they're going in uh, more deeply. Um... Beginning with, uh, beginning with generosity, uh, my eye drops to the second paragraph of generosity, <clears throat> and the sentence, therefore he doesn't seek what only he could keep, because that's a guarantee of loss. He doesn't want to suffer, why should he ensure himself pain? the mind naturally goes to thinking of what things I own that I shouldn't want to keep. But I uh, today see I'm going a little deeper. Um, and, and, and I just suggest that that paragraph be an open inquiry. So what are those things that I defend? What are those things that I hoard, again I'm not really speaking of things, but what are the things I value that I would retain and withhold, and set we retaining, securing, defending and withholding that I think works against what he suggests generosity could be. When he rolls into patience, I see something really um, rich in the center of this idea of patience. This idea of being certain of the outcome. Am I certain of the outcome? Or does that certainty of the outcome have to do with trust and the development of trust? Those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. Patience is natural to the teacher of God. This is an advanced teacher of God that he's describing here. All the teacher of God sees is certain outcome. At a time perhaps unknown as yet, but not in doubt, the time will be as right as the answer. And get a load of this, and this is true for everything that happens, now or in the future. What would be the nature of that certain outcome? This is retroactive and into the future. The past, as well, held no mistakes. Nothing that did not serve to benefit the world, as well as him to whom it seemed to happen. Perhaps it was not understood at the time. That's very inclusive. The past held no mistakes. Nothing that didn't serve to benefit the world. That's really phenomenal. He concludes with patience is natural to those who trust sure of the ultimate interpretation of all things in time. No outcome already seen or yet to come can cause them fear. So that's the certainty that he speaks of. The certain outcome he's speaking of. I'm certain of the ultimate interpretation of all things in time. That ultimate interpretation will lead me to the understanding that nothing happened ever that didn't serve to benefit the world, as well as Him to whom it seemed to happen. My lack of understanding kept me from seeing that, but the development of trust allows me to begin to account for the possibility of that ultimate interpretation of all things with the onset of trust and forgiveness that will allow me to see the meaning and the innocence of all that happens. Speaking here entirely for myself. With faithfulness, he takes me to a place where um, he can tell me faithfulness is the extent of God's a measure of his advancement in the curriculum. That faithfulness is the teacher of God's trust in the word of God to set all things right. Not some, but all. It's rare that he knows that my mind is going to set some things aside so that he repeats for me. Trust in the word of God to set all things right. No, not some. All. All things right. I can release all of my problems, all of my judgments, to one answer. And and really know that release. And then he says of true faithfulness, Um, several things and again um, the joy for me in that paragraph 22 was to meditate into each of those phrases those short sentences faithfulness doesn't deviate by being consistent it's wholly honest by being unswerving solid It's full of trust. Being based on fearlessness, ah, naturally, I'll know gentleness. Being certain, of course I would know joyousness. Being confident, of course I would know and have access to tolerance. It's easy to understand as well why defenselessness would attend faithfulness, why joy would be its condition, and why faithfulness then combines in itself all the other attributes of God's teachers. And those last several sentences as well are very important. It implies acceptance of the Word of God, number one, and God's definition of His Son. It's to them and the trust in them that faithfulness and the true sense is always directed. Um, much more wonderful to come, uh, but I'll, uh, I'll close. Thanks.
3: Thank you, Lee. Thank you so much, thank Lee. Lee. Thanks, yeah, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Thank
5: you, Lee. Beautiful. Lee, I
9: get in uh, the tone of your voice that you are really internalizing this on a deep level. That's a
3: blessing. Thank you. Lee. I had I had had a thought that was um, that was triggered by what Ida had said, and. I'm realizing that um that attributes are one thing and characteristics are another. The attributes love, I don't have to learn to love, I am love. Sinlessness, I don't have to learn sinlessness, I am sinless. Uh, I don't have to learn perfection because I am perfect and I don't have to learn knowledge because because I'm one with God and God knows all things. Now From a characteristic standpoint, I do have to learn to trust. I do have to learn to be honest. I do have to learn tolerance. I do have to learn gentleness. I do have to learn joy. I do have to learn defenselessness. I do have to learn generosity. I do have to learn patience. And I do have to learn faithfulness if I'm going to be, and open-mindedness if I'm going to be a teacher of God. So what's coming to mind is the, the attributes are, are put in at the factory, <laughs> you know. They come with us because God put them there. The other things uh, are to be learned if I truly want to be a teacher of God. And if this is the teacher's manual, you know, what does it take to be a teacher of God? Well, you need to develop these characteristics. You, you, you already have these attributes, so it lets us inventory the truth that God has for us. And those are our attributes, and we have to learn these particular characteristics. And the last thought is, uh, I don't have to learn to have legs, but I do have to learn to walk. So that's my thought. I'm complete.
2: Thank you, Stephen.
4: That was really helpful. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen.
10: Thank you, Stephen.
9: This is Sharon. I am contemplating how my learning happens. And I know that anything that I need to learn is absolutely not done by myself. It comes with... It always comes back to that sentence. You don't guard your your thoughts carefully enough. And by watching my thoughts I ask for help in learning. And learning and healing go hand in hand. And right now I'm in a phase of bumping my head up against a wall over and over again. It seems to be a wall, but I'm gonna get through it. It's not really my head. Just I'm just pushing at it. It's like a door that I've locked so hard that I am... Um, it's my perception that it's not budging. But I know that the Holy Spirit, I know that Jesus are working with me on doing that. And it's just my resistance to what I'm doing. So it's like one aspect of me is on the other side, pushing keeping the door shut. And another aspect of me is on this side trying to push it open. So the healing and the learning and the unlearning are happening by melting away that aspect of me that feels like in order to be safe, it needs to keep the door closed, such as defensiveness, attack, all those things. Thank you. I'm complete.
2: Thank you, Sharon. Okay. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon.
1: Thank you, Sharon.
2: It's Lee. I've gathered my voice. Well, we'll see. I just thought I'd say a little bit about open-mindedness. And um, the first of the sentences that stood out for me was the final of 23. Only the open-minded can be at peace for they alone see reason for it. That's a really rich sentence that invites me in deeply. Would I be open-minded? Would I allow more open-mindedness if I knew that peace was the result or the the prize? One thought I have about these um, first is that. The way I'm reading this today, these attributes are the natural consequence of the course's curriculum. Each of these unfold, he's prepared to say, sequentially and tie into one another as I learn forgiveness. And that's the significance for me of how this ends. With the curriculum of forgiveness being the process of unlearning all of those things that obscure the vision of Christ, vision itself, and what would guide me out of the world I've known into the world that he describes in 24. This, he says, is the importance of the curriculum Is why and why the curriculum doesn't itself seek to go beyond its learning goals. I'm learning how to undo what I've known so that I can be open to what's so ready to replace it. And he encapsulates that in 24. The open-minded, let go of all things that would prevent forgiveness... And this is how complete that undoing is, that letting go. They've in truth abandoned the world and let it be restored to them. In newness and in joy so glorious, they could never have conceived of such a change. If I sit with that and just ask, how much do I welcome abandoning the world I've known, relinquishing... All that I've thought, how willing am I if I know that what moves in to take its place progressively is awareness of a world restored to me in newness and in joy beyond what I could have conceived. Nothing is now as it was formerly, nothing but sparkles now which seem so dull and lifeless before. This is one of a dozen places, actually greater than a, a dozen, where his description is very beautiful of what I could behold if I were to look beyond my unforgiveness. There's a lesson 226 that says, if I so choose, I can depart the world entirely. The tie-in is really perfect for me, because he clarifies, it's not death which makes this possible, but it's change of mind about the purpose of the world. If I believe it has a value as I see it now, so will it remain for me. This is reading from the first paragraph of 226. But if I see no value in the world as I behold it, nothing I want to keep is mine or search for as a goal, it will depart from me. For I have not sought for illusions to replace the truth. That's the key for me. I can depart the world as I behold it, by relinquishing it with open-mindedness, learning how to most invite what would replace all my mistaken impressions, the ego's outlook that spoils everything, makes it so dull and lifeless, releasing that, I'm given everything I depart the world by allowing the world as I behold it to depart from me, then is it restored to me in newness. That's the, the, um, the big reveal for me, is that I need go nowhere to behold a world that sparkles brushed with beauty, as he says so often. And above all, he says, are all things welcoming. This is another of those phrases that naturally fit. If I knew myself to be safe, if that's what I really knew as the end of the curriculum of forgiveness, that I'm perfectly safe. Then threat is gone, and if threat were gone, of course, all things would be welcoming. Okay, I set aside the things that seem so dreadly fearful, but how much am I threatened by little, petty things throughout my day? How much would my day be lit if I knew I were safe? and that what I most want to hang on to is that which I'm so free to extend. The nature of my world would be so altered if I sensed a threat, the ego's constant vigilance against threat and against the truth were gone and I could walk in the awareness of my safety. That paragraph ends with forgiveness is the single aim at which all learning ultimately converges. If I accept that goal, then all of the attributes of God's teachers are given me in the fullness of time. Unforgiveness is what stands in the way of each of these attributes, or characteristics, pardon me. As my unforgiveness is stripped away, the natural flowering of these characteristics is the consequence. Thanks, guys, for letting me go on. I'm complete. Thanks, Lee.
8: Thank you, Lee. Thank
4: you. Thank you so much, Lee. Thank you.
8: Thank you, Lee.
1: This is Reverend Rita Joy, and I, I just wanted to mention something real quick. When I look over, um, I wrote them all down from the last reading and this reading, and all the characteristics of God's teachers. I see them all in you here on this call. I mean, if you if you look at it, trust and honesty, you know, tolerance, gentleness and joy, and defenselessness, generosity, patience faithfulness and open-mindedness they're all the characteristics and the attributes i see in all of you here so i um, just wanted to acknowledge that i'm complete thank you
2: i love that 80. reverend regia thank you thank you
9: thank you thank yeah. you thank you that's beautiful
8: thank you very beautiful thank you
6: This is Mary. I'd like to read paragraph 22 has been uh, speaking to me. True faithfulness, however, does not deviate. Being consistent, it is wholly honest. Being unswerving, it is full of trust. Being based on fearlessness, it is gentle. Being certain, it is joyous. And being confident, it is tolerant. Defenselessness attends it naturally. And joy is its condition. Faithfulness, then, combines in itself the other attributes of God's teachers. It implies acceptance of the word of God and his definition of his son. It is to them that faithfulness is the true sense In the true sense is always directed. Toward them it looks, seeking until it finds, and having found, it rests in quiet certainty on that alone to which all faithfulness is due a long way not a long way but a beautiful way of saying for me of saying accept the atonement each moment that I can listen to the voice for God and be faithful to that voice will be a, a moment of joy and confidence And all these beautiful attributes that this paragraph talks, that Jesus talks about. It's just being faithful to our love for God, to my love for God, your love for God, and to, to listen to His voice to direct me on my thoughts. Giving all my thoughts and feelings to the voice for God knowing in faithfulness that he is always here with us, with me with the one self uh, Thank you for listening I'm complete
3: Thank you Mary That was like a prayer Mary Thank you
2: Beautiful,
0: I thanks. Hey, it's Chris. I want to talk about open-mindedness a little bit. Um, <laughs> over Thanksgiving, I got sucked up into, uh, excuse me, I chose to enjoy Game of Thrones and a binge-watching fest. And I kept it gets to a point where the violence becomes so numbing and I don't know if anybody's seen it, but I think you know what I'm talking about that it. That didn't bother me anymore. And I kept every night before I fall asleep, I'd ask the Holy spirit because, you know, after watching a billion hours of it, you're like, okay, the world is now involved in this, whatever you want to call it entertainment. And I said, what, why am I drawn to this? What is the lesson? And I kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. And the open-mindedness part of being a course student allowed me to hear that it's a, and I kept telling everyone, like, well, what do you think of it? I kept saying it's, it's, a, um, it's a hamster wheel. Like, it's the same story over and over and over, and there's no value in life. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's exactly how I see the world. Like, my thoughts are a hamster wheel, and that I don't have any value in life, because that's how I get afraid. So again, I just wanna profess my gratitude because without this course and without you to help me to understand it, I would have beat myself up so much for like thinking that it was evil to become part of something that really was a beautiful lesson. I'm complete.
4: I love Thank it, you, Chris. You're so funny. Chris. <laughs> that was great.
1: great. Um Thank you so much, Chris.
4: Thank you, Chris.
9: That's great. Chris, Chris, I love watching you grow and learn and heal. Lovely. Thank you.
0: Well, has anyone seen Game of Thrones? Does anyone know what I'm talking about?
4: <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but not that show, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have to, yeah, I have some idea. My
7: my
8: kids that are in their early 30s grew up watching video games and, you know, I there were certain video games that I did not want them to do but you know I didn't do the community thing at the time and they just went to their friend's houses and did them so I said okay God help my children because I can't help them with this one. I was afraid that they would become violent um, but they didn't. They didn't. They had had and, and other children. Like this is gonna sound funny to you now, but at the time in the 80s, I thought the Simpsons was just horrible. But my older son told me a long time later. But no, and he watched it when he was a kid. It was telling him how not to live, (laughs) and he wanted to be happy and successful. Well, like, oh right, that's great. Thank you. I'm complete.
3: I couldn't relate it. I've never seen Game of Thrones. I just applied it to The Walking Dead and took your principles. So. <laughs> <laughs> Universal true. ideas, you know.
0: Right. It's, it's oh my God, that's Stephen. Thank you. It's so true. It's almost every, it's, it's my thinking, right, that's causing me to feel. I mean, the point is where do we read this? The unlearning is of everything, it's not just one thing. That if I choose to see something as evil, or judge it, or see it as anything but the true light that it is, then that's going to cause me pain. Oh, I think I'm getting this. <laughs> I'm complete.
3: I'm so glad we're having this discussion. Um, I'm not. Uh, i no, no way of, uh, 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 a Christian scholar theology, but you know, this is the season of Advent, and. and it, And I'm looking here and it has uh, uh, the definition, Advent is the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Uh, The Christian theology, it says that Advent is the coming or second coming of Christ. And it says Advent is a season observed by many Western Christian churches as a time of expectant waiting and preparation for the celebration of the nativity of Jesus at Christmas. The term is a version of the Latin word coming and we're talking about attributes and characteristics of the teachers of God. We are becoming teachers of God and advanced teachers of God and aware that we are teachers of God because we are becoming aware of the characteristics that we have to develop if we want to be a teacher of God, the God-given attributes that we have uh, that we can build on as as, uh, teachers of God. And I just thought it really tied in the Advent idea, you know, the the arrival of a notable person, and we are it. So a complete thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks,
10: everyone. I'm um, uh, chomping at the bit here. Um, there is a, a Christian principle that is really uh, coming into light right now. And it's that God is at work in me to conform me to the image of Christ. I'd just like to suggest for a minute that everything that happens is for one purpose, to conform us to the image of God. In the mind of the ego, that seems to be reversed for me when I'm not understanding the fact that it is God at work. The ego wants to hijack God in my mind um, and either give credit to my errors or credit to my successes as something that I would achieve. Uh, in the section on patience it says patience is natural to the teacher of God all he sees is a certain outcome at a time perhaps unknown as yet but not in doubt the time will be as right as the answer and this is true for everything that happens now or in the future the past is well held no mistakes uh, when I'm brooding over my mistakes, am I denying the truth here? It says here, the past is well, held no mistakes, nothing that did not serve to benefit the world, as well as to him whom it seemed to happen. When I glory in my shame, I take away this truth. I claim my own error instead of through humility, recognizing that my mistakes uh, perhaps could be used for the benefit. Now that's quite a lot to take in. It says that perhaps it was not understood at the time, even so the teacher of God is willing to reconsider all his past decisions if they are causing pain to anyone. So certainly, Most of my mistakes, I think, were in the nature of considering myself more important than others in some way. At least that's what my misperception would tell me. My guilt seems to claim that I'm bad. I was at fault. But could I accept that my errors were simply the underdeveloped conformation of God in me. Could I allow myself to be conformed to God's image by giving up my mistakes as something that God actually can use? It says in this last sentence, sure of the ultimate interpretation of all things in time, no outcome already seen or yet to come can cause them fear. You know, I grew up believing that I was bad, that there was going to come a day of judgment, that I would have to to give an account for my life, and, you know, it would only be by the mercy of God that, you know, I would be saved. And what I I, uh, stand here now is that I'm already innocent. I'm already loved completely I'm already fully loved that's what my ego would always attack you know that's what my judgments would always uh, deny so this section that ends with this very very strong word Uh, in in both paragraph 24 where it says forgiveness is its single aim in which all learning ultimately converges. And then in the last section it says it is given to the teacher of God to bring the glad tidings of complete forgiveness to the world. Uh, I was on the phone with one of my dear brothers and I said brother uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to overcome the belief uh, that separates us is just one on whether God is a judge that uh, demands that wickedness be forever cast into eternal suffering or if, uh, in fact, I made that up to separate myself from God. You know, I just have to recognize that all of my judgment, all of my unforgiveness is my own claim against the love of God or the claim against someone else's sins as being too great for the love of God. And that's my only sin. My only sin is that I would not know the absolute love of God. And all of my errors are simply forgetting that. (sighs) Forgetting that I'm loved. Forgetting that my brother is loved unconditionally forever. I'm completely safe when I know that's true. When I doubt that, I'm undone. I'm complete. Thank you, Bryce.
6: Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, Bryce.
10: There's a lovely voice. That's great, Bryce. Thank you. Good morning, mm, is that Renee.
8: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay, yeah, Renee. Good to hear your voice. This is Ida. When I was in the Freedom Teachings, you know, they had the A and R, the Attitudes and Responsibilities. And the, there was a lot of good stuff in there. What? You know to be responsible for my experience and to you know loving and and all those things, and not you know not judging others for what i experience and but other people could go with that but i couldn't but there was always this teaching that you know that these things happen in the universe. There were these these folks that were nurtured by reptilians from other places called the Illuminati and they've been pretty much responsible for all the bad stuff that's happened in our world for, I don't know, maybe thousands of years. And the, the reptilians like messed up our DNA and caused a lot of damage to us in our spiritual bodies. All that, and I kept asking my other students, like how do I forgive that, you know? And I got to a place where I did forgive the reptilians. <laughs> but the Illuminati were at least partly human. And it was so convenient to blame everything on them but obviously I had to get out of that and I had to you know get to ACIM because again because we the other people that seem to me to be understanding or forgiving that we've all been all those things type of thing and not the the hate or anger just that's what they feed on, and it just makes it worse. And uh, so, but now that I see again, or for the first time, that I, you know, all those things could have happened. You know, all those things may be true in the world as I see it, What the world as I see it is an illusion. So it doesn't matter what happened because I'm projecting anger outside of myself, that I'm making a an error a major you know the sort of the you know you know most important error that I guess anybody could make um because of like all the other ones, and then not having not acting out of open-mindedness and honesty and generosity and all that stuff. And so that's a big reason why I had to leave those teachings and, because I was letting it lead me down the wrong path and I had to see the things that are in here that Jesus or uh, they call it Jeshua. I like that name. They said that that was what he was actually called at the time, but whatever. Um, I just feel the love Oh Jesus! Right now, as I'm saying these things, yeah, because I'm sort of beating myself up for sharing too much when I'm supposed to wait for the silence, so other people that don't share very much could have the chance to do so. And so there's that backstory too. And uh, I think we all go through that at some point. We we obviously do. Uh, you know, whether it's through a, you know, spiritual quote-unquote teaching or whatever, that it is convenient to blame them. But blaming doesn't help anybody. But we just have to give it to the Holy Spirit who sets all things right and want to, you know, have that little willingness to let go of this tiny, mad idea that we're all separate. And uh, that hell is, is the reality, and it's this world, and no. So we want to see the world that's sparkling like diamonds. And there was a beautiful movie, a two-part movie some years ago called L.A. Story. And there were like a, two or three different stories, and one of them was Steve Martin and this beautiful woman, too. When they fell in love, when they fell in love, you saw them change into little kids in the movie. And the world and the trees and everything was all sparkling like diamonds. And I remember that right now when Jesus talked about that in this course. And so, take a breath here. Is there anything else that I need to share right now? No. So, <laughs> so thank you for letting me share and... uh I'm complete.
2: Thank
7: you, Ida. Thank you, Ida.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Ida. What do you say, Reverend Reja? It appears that we've run out of time. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay.
1: And so, uh, we'll end our time together right now by closing our eyes and and drawing the awareness within. We visited today the characteristics of God's teachers. And we saw that there was generosity and patience, faithfulness, open-mindedness. We learned today that God has bestowed on us the gifts of sinlessness, perfection, wholeness. And yet these are obscured by what I have taught myself. And thus, I'm in need of learning, or rather unlearning. Today, we learned of generosity, quote, giving away In order to keep the only thing of value I would want to keep is that which I give since giving is receiving as I give away the quote things of God unquote I keep them for myself his son as I give unconditional love and compassion understanding and forgiveness I am in receipt as well. All these things I receive of God and I gladly give away. Also learn today that a teacher of God has patience. If I knew what the future held, would I be anxious or afraid? Or would I be free to be present in this moment, drinking in the holy instant, to its fullness. This is true patience. He tells us in the Course, quote, what you need to learn now is that only infinite patience can produce immediate effects. This is the way in which time is exchanged for eternity. Infinite patience calls upon infinite love. And by producing results now, it renders time Unnecessary. And today we read, Those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety, sure of the ultimate interpretation of all things in time. No outcome already seen or yet to come can cause them fear. That ultimate outcome is now. And if a teacher of God is faithful, would I then truly believe that love sets all things right? All, all things, not just some. Wouldn't I then be faithful unto the voice of God, which shows me who my brother is and who I am as well? Quote, to give up all problems to one answer is to reverse the thinking of the world entirely. And that alone is faithfulness, And lastly, as a teacher of God, I would be open-minded. What if I realized today that through judgment and condemnation and projection, the mind is shut against God's teacher, judged as evil, and is sent to hell by the projection of guilt upon him? And yet, open-mindedness invites God's teacher in judges him only by the voice for God and lets Christ's image be the projection onto him. And so we pray. Father, Mother, God, today I long to embody these attributes of your teacher you have shown. Generosity, patience, faithfulness, open-mindedness, that I might fulfill my purpose of forgiveness let me open to your teaching now as I hear you tell me, quote, It is the function of God's teachers to bring true learning to the world. Properly speaking, it is unlearning that they bring, for that is true learning in the world. It is given to the teachers of God to bring the glad tidings of complete forgiveness to the world. Blessed indeed are they they are the bringers of salvation. And so it is. Amen.
10: Amen.
2: Amen.
5: Thank you,
4: you. you everybody. Thank you, Reverend Reverend
2: Regia.
5: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Regent. And everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone.
3: Thank you all.